Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. So one of the things that, you know, good financial plan, you're thinking about how do I get from A to B? How do I get from where I am now to where I want to be in the future, financially stable? And one of the things that you have to make sure that you don't have happen to you is some kind of risk come and just wipe you out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there are various types of things. And, you know, pick, pick one, pick a uh, disability insurance. This is something that you don't hear people talk about a lot. It happened to come up in a meeting this week, and, and I thought it would be worth talking a little bit about disability insurance. Do you ever do disability income, a any kind of insurance sales in that particular area? I used to, yes. Did you? Okay. Mm -hmm. I've sold everything there is to sell. It was hard to do, wasn't it? Um, it was, because nobody thinks it's going to happen to them. Um, I think that's very, very true. You know, especially when, you know, we're in our 20s, we're in our 30s, we tend to think we're bulletproof. And that's when the insurance would be the most cost effective. Because, uh -huh. <laughs> you, you know, when you buy an, a disability insurance policy, and a lot of people don't even know what they are because they don't ever deal with it. But if you own a company, you know, what, who is going to take care of making sure that the paycheck comes in if you're not there to work? If you work for a large company, let's start there first. Mm -hmm. You know, people that work for large companies, a lot of times you have cafeteria plans. And a cafeteria plan, you know, they'll give you certain types of benefits you can choose from. And one of them is often an additional disability policy. A lot of big companies will have group disability coverage, which is very inexpensive because it's cancelable <laughs> and it's issued to a very large block of people and very, very low cost, the, the company often pays for a certain base amount of benefit. And that's usually short-term. Well, you can have both on there, long yeah, and short-term. Yeah, you can, but most of the things are, are I you seeing, Are you seeing more uh, in large groups, seeing more short-term? Because I've, I've seen long-term, and I don't see short-term as much. No, I've seen both. Okay. But I'm saying most of the policies that I've seen over the years have been short-term. That people buy or that they get through their that group? That they're getting through their, their group. employer. Oh, okay. Because I've seen this, and I guess I've seen all, where you see the long-term disability insurance where you have a 90-day wait. And if you're disabled, you can't work. For 90 days, you got to just figure it out. And that's then, why we encourage the emergency fund. Yeah. And that's typically why you often hear three to six months, yeah, an emergency fund. Right. Exactly. And then after that, disability benefit might be payable up to 50% of your salary. You might see something like that. Now, there's a small social security disability benefit. But most often what you will find is with disability insurance that social security will be offset by the disability policy. Mm -hmm. Just recognize that. So if 50, let's say you make $40,000 and 50% of your income is 20. And social security benefit may be 10. Well, your 20 that you're getting from the disability policy at work will be reduced by 10,000 if social security becomes payable. Now they have a five month wait on social security disability. And it'll be a benefit that if you go to ssa.gov, you can see what your social security disability benefit is. Recognize that the definition of disability is very strict and that it's a five month wait. 
So you might get 10,000 from social security, 10,000 from your policy. You were making 40, now you're at 20. What do you do? And did you ever do like we call them top hat plans where you just do a little bit of a small policy on top of the group insurance? Mm -hmm. I used to do that a lot. That was, that's what I called it. I don't know. I don't know if I came up with a name or not. I doubt it. I'm not that creative. <laughs> but it was a little top hat plan, and you might get somebody up to maybe 70, 75% of their income. You can't get it up to 100% because then they have a moral hazard. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fake disability because I can get paid as much as I did when I was working. Well, that's the reason why they don't. And typically, most of what I saw was up to 60% mm -hmm. of yep. your income because yeah. they're figuring that <clears throat> you, know, you go to work and you pay taxes, so you're not getting, you know, 100% of what your salary is. But then if the employer pays for the doggone benefit, that 60% is taxable. Well, yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, you can... But there's still, if it's only 60% of what you're earning, there's still the incentive to, to go to rehab, to uh -huh. you know, get physical therapy, and go back to work. And the insurance companies would often pay for that rehab because they want to get off of the claim, if they can, get you back to work. So group's great. Uh, but what if you're self-employed? What if you're in a company that doesn't have that type of insurance. This is where it's really important to go and do some research on individual disability policy. Now, I have one. I have one as well. I have one. And I've had it for years and years. I don't even know why I have it anymore. I don't need it anymore. I'm just too lazy to cancel the dog on thing. Well, I know why I have mine. Because I looked into canceling mine. Yeah, did you? I did. And you're like, eh, and, cancer, not going to You know, it. the cost of it isn't really all that much. Mm -hmm. And the benefit would help my wife out. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, you know what? As long as I'm riding a motorcycle, I'm going to keep that policy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised they didn't ride her you out and say he drives a motorcycle. He didn't get one. No, it was before I oh, was before you before wrote, I was really before you wrote. Yeah. So yeah, so one of the things that you look at and goes, well, how much might this cost? And I do a lot of this in my book, Confident Financial Planning. If you ever really want to read in detail on what you look for in a disability policy, it's in confident financial planning. But it may be somewhere in the neighborhood of three percent of your income. So you got 3% of your income protecting the other 97%. And that's kind of the way I look at it. So disability insurance, don't forget, it's something like 50% of mortgage foreclosures are due to disability. And most people think it's going to be an accident that disables them. It's usually a disease, a sickness, or something like that. And, and you do have those examples where accidents. And, and I want to add something about that. Yeah. Whether it's disability insurance, life insurance, mm -hmm. car, auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, Insurance is the only thing we buy that we actually hope we never use. That's exactly right. Okay. And, yeah. you know, I'll liken it to sure. my home generator. Right. You know, when I looked at how much it was going to cost me for the home generator, I was like, I don't really want to spend that much money. I'm probably never going to really need it. And But when we had that wind go through yeah. here last sure. month or so, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. were out of power for three yeah. days. You were glad you had it. I was really glad I had it. And in fact, it went on yesterday. Did it really? It really did. All of a sudden, the lights went out. I'm looking around, and I it's hear like bragging. a car start it's just up. Bragging. Listen to him. I mean. And my lights came on, and I'm like, "Oh, this is really nice." And one of my neighbors, we have this this street text message thing, right? And one of my neighbors says, "Well, I don't have an electric, but I got a really beautiful sunset." And I'm like, "Well, I don't have a sunset, but I got electric." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you didn't invite him over, did you? <laughs> Hey folks, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning, is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. 
uh, talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that, debt, good debt, bad debt. I talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts, talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets, and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. If you want to find out more about that, you go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it. And uh, hope you enjoy. We're on the risk management thing. Let's just keep going just for a second. So how much life insurance? We talked a little bit about life insurance, not having you know, permanent whole life insurance, not being necessarily the greatest deal in the whole world, uh, but term insurance where you're renting it. And then what type of term insurance? Well, that all depends. Uh, that was a question that everybody would ask me when I would sit down with them and say, well, what's the best insurance for me to buy? And my, it's I, when I would dying. ask, the, I would start that conversation with a question. Well, when do you plan to die? <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say. Because yeah, if a, you know you're going to die in four years and eight months, you might as well just take out a five-year level term policy. Right. Because that's going to be cheaper than buying a 10-year or 15 yes. or a 20-year term. Yeah, exactly. A whole lot cheaper than buying a whole life or a universal or a variable universal life. Mm -hmm. So since we don't really know that, then we need to look at some other things. And in fact, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday who was asking me all about life insurance and what I thought was the best and how much should he have. So I said, well, you have three children, right? He said, well, actually I had three children, but I have one on the way. So I'm going to have Number four, four children. Mm -hmm. I said, well, how long do you plan to take care of them? Exactly. And, you know, he said, well, you know, probably the rest of their life. I said, no, that's not the right answer. Yeah, that, that would be, yeah. I said, legally, you're only responsible for the first 18 years. <laughs> so there's no one that's coming out. You got 18 years and he makes about $300,000 a year. So most insurance companies will probably go 15 times your earnings. So $300,000 would be four and a half million. Probably easy to round that up to $5 million if you're in good, good health. Um, so the, that's what I would typically recommend most people would get. Well, and a lot of times what you'll hear is people say eight to 10 times income. You know, right. that, that, that's a very normal rule of thumb. But, it, it, but I think your point is well taken. It's how long or how much, because I've had younger people that go, if something happened to him, uh, then, you know, chances are I'd probably end up taking care of the kids up until they were in school. And then when they're in school, I would be working where I'm not working now or if something happened to her. Maybe she's, right. she's the breadwinner either way. Cause that was the way it was in my, my sister's family. She was the yeah. breadwinner and he couldn't work and, and that's, he took care of the kids. So, yeah. uh, he, the reality of it was that her circumstances would probably change where in my sister's case, uh, you know, he wasn't going to work. And she was. And if something happened to her, he'd probably figure have to figure out some way to work. Well, it's a little different because he was disabled. So it was, it was tough. So yeah. that was a whole different ball yeah. of wax. So when I was selling insurance, if I went into, let's say, somebody's house and they were making, let's say, $80,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And they had a four-year-old child at home. Mm -hmm. So they're required, you know, legally to take care of that child for the next 14 years. Mm -hmm. And they might have, you know, $250,000 worth of life insurance. 
is I would basically say, well, I guess, Paul, you don't really plan to be you're dead not for be dead very that long. long. Yeah, you're not going to be dead long. Right? Yeah, that's because, what you know, you got, you're only replacing <laughs> about three years' worth of that's income. Right. Um, yeah. And that's really where that 10-year kind of rule came up, mm-hmm. um, 10 times your earnings. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, um, you know, a lot of people, they'll figure out, well, I'm going to get rid of a car. I'm going to get rid of that expense. My life is going to change. Yeah, my lifestyle change. will come down. Sure. Um, you know. You know. Maybe you go. You go to work, and that's another reason why. You know, earlier we talked about having how much insurance I had, mm-hmm. uh, and that was because my wife was a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. and I kind of felt that if I died. Mm-hmm. And my wife wasn't there to take him to school in the morning and had to drop him off at preschool mm-hmm. and wasn't there at three o'clock to then take him to karate and judo mm-hmm. and you know dance class and all that because I had a boy and a girl. Because um, now she has to work till five and then she's tired and now she has to force mm-hmm. him, fight with them, do the homework and cook dinner and all that. And it's almost as if they lost two parents. Right, exactly. You know, because mom isn't there to do the fun stuff. So that's yeah. why I had a lot more insurance. Yeah. I didn't have any insurance on her. Yeah, very true. So yeah, a lot of times life insurance thing, it's it's a very individualized decision as to how much to have. A lot of times term insurance level for the number of years that you might need it. If you're going to need it for 20 years, 20-year level keeps the premium level for that period of time. 10 years, if that's how long. So... Typically, the whole life and permanent life is not a great idea not to be used as an investment. Always talk about that. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., PWI, an investment advisor registered in the state of Tennessee. PWI does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. This information is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any securities.